Are you ready to run? Let's go. Okay. All right. Welcome to our pilot podcast for the College of Communication, Fine Arts, and Media. I'm joined here by Coach. I call him Coach. This is Steve Gordon. What's up? What's up? So excited that you get to be our inaugural guest here. Now, you know my flavor, Steve. I like I like the idea of making history, making something that matters. And so Absolutely. I won't sell this one short. I think this could be the <laughs> of something that changes the way that our uh, committee, our college, maybe our campus and community see diversity. And I can't think of a better guest to, to start us off. So thank you for joining us. I appreciate that. That's, I don't think that's hyperbole. I think that's, uh, that's pertinent in this sense. Good, good. Well, you are the expert and I'm going to defer to you <laughs> all points. I do want to start with a question about what, if this is going to be a historic, let's just say it's going to be historic, the first of okay. important podcasts. Um, okay. What do you think the first podcast needs to leave our listeners feeling? What should they, after hearing us share a little bit about inclusion, your experiences and so on, what does the listener need to feel leaving the first podcast? A sense of a sense of realism that uh, leads to awareness. I, I don't even know that it needs to lead to action because a lot of things will spur you to action, but they are not authentic. They are not real. They are not sincere. You know, um, I deal with this with my with my daughter, you know, go pick that up. So, you know, a lot of times I get an I love you, daddy, and I love that. But she's saying that because she was in trouble a few minutes ago. And she <laughs> wants to reiterate the fact that maybe I shouldn't be in trouble, dad. That's an insincere response to an outside stimuli. And so with this with this podcast, I think and, and when you talk about inclusion, I think that's one of the main detractors from it is people's push to action that isn't always sincere. Okay. Because if you talk about inclusion and you couple that with privilege, people get antsy, they get angry, they get uncomfortable. But if you were acting on it, then shouldn't we be able to mention that part too? So so if it leaves anybody with anything, it's just realism and awareness that these things are hard baked into our society and they need to be addressed head on or else they aren't helping they're a very tiny band-aid on a massive wound. that's good okay sense of realism and awareness yeah 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 because with with realism and awareness comes sincerity okay you know if, if you act upon realism and true awareness then the things you do will be a lot more sincere than if they're, oh, I gotta do this. Because right. right now the world is acting on inclusion in a, I gotta do this way. It's the right thing to do, massive eye roll. Right. People don't really believe what they're saying. And for someone who at one point in his life and even currently still needs to be included, mm. I see those eye rolls all the time. I'm like, I'd rather not even have your help because it's insincere. Yep. I, I want to take that and I want to move in that direction because I think that's what the uh, the first of these podcasts should be. And hopefully following ones can build on that idea of realism and awareness. And then, like you said, sincerity in action and in you know the, the climate, the culture we, we create. Cool. So I'm going to move in a different direction with that understanding. Okay. So I know that you are a sci-fi aficionado. I'm going to share my screen here. A little massive, bit. massive. Hold on, I gotta put my my ring hat on. All right, carry on. Okay. <laughs> because you 
know so much about it. I want to I want to kind of build from your understanding of the sci-fi world. We've we've got this outcome we want to have at the end of our podcast where they they know the real picture, they have a better picture, they have a okay. awareness. But we want to have them kind of pick a mentality that fits to to get that outcome. They've got to have someone familiar that they can kind of think like and hear our questions, our conversation a little bit more like a a recognizable figure. I'm thinking <laughs> Star Wars. So I want you right, to, right. to share with us which Star Wars character, maybe one of the four listed here, uh, you can definitely choose someone who's not here. What Star, Star Wars character should the listener kind of picture themselves as, take their mentality so that they can get the most out of this podcast? Which would you choose? Okay, okay. This is a good one in terms of this podcast. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Mr. Number Three. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a scoundrel mm. because, uh, and the reason I like Han Solo and guys like him or Lando Calrissian is they live in the real world. As, as ironic as that is to say about Star Wars, these guys have jobs to do and they just hustling trying to get them done. They don't care what you look like. They don't care what you sound like, you know, screw you, pay me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And so they 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 have a sense of realism and getting the job done that I think everybody should identify with. Okay. You know, Princess Leia is an ideal. Luke Skywalker is an ideal. Jabba the Hutt is low life. But right in between there is where most people live in the real world, just working stiffs trying to get the job done, like Han Solo. And and and. His heroism was almost, uh, not even almost, his heroism was absolutely reluctant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't care that doing the right thing would make him a hero. He often didn't want to be the hero. He often became heroic in doing extraordinary things his normal way. Yep, well put. And I think that's, that's the character that I would task everybody with trying to be and Han absolutely shot first like he got the job done <laughs> so now Han Solo they're going in with that that mentality and if they absolutely watched, if they haven't watched his spinoff uh, the movie Solo they need to because that's going to help enormously I think I think that's what uh, most people you know if you if you listen to the talking heads on on YouTube and the reviewers it's terrible but it's one of my favorite movies because that's what he's doing he's He's, he's just trying to live life and, and stay one step ahead of all of his problems. Okay, so listener, you are Han Solo and you are staying one yes. step ahead. We are so glad you joined us. I want to tell you a little bit more about, first of all, who's joining us. You need to know about Coach. I call it Steve Gordon Coach and you and I connected through a shared uh, volunteering team that we are a part of for a community organization. And I have, I, I made the smart move, like maybe the first few months I was there to ask for your time and say, hey, would you give me some mentoring? Would you give me some focus? And you've been that uh, countless times. And <clears throat> I just so appreciate uh, so much about your pioneer mentality, your incredible perspective, the blend of experiences that you have, the way that you have insight that seems so timely and, and balanced. And you're not perfect. You wouldn't tell anyone you are, but I, I think you're the perfect coach. And I'm so glad. I appreciate that. Thank you. Me. Yeah. And I'm glad you're here. This is another example of you just investing. Um, thank you for investing into our, our campus, our college, our committee, um, by being a part of this in initial effort here. So, Absolutely. so there's three things today we're going to cover. We're going to cover, because we're talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, all those always go together. My yeah. job is inclusion, that as an emphasis, I believe in obviously all of those three, they all go together, but 
Uh, studying in inclusive leadership, I believe in it. I think our, our committee is designed to do that. Our college is needing it and is, is our campus and community. But I want to talk to you, uh, an expert I turn to for these questions and, and, and conversations. I want to talk to you about the feelings of inclusion. Uh, I want to discuss the facts about inclusion and we'll talk about what we see, what you see the future of inclusion being. Okay. I'm going to jump right in. Question, first question is this, Steve. I want to know, can you provide one experience where you felt truly and deeply included? And if you're comfortable with this as well, could you provide an, ex an experience where you felt you were excluded? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, admittedly, it's hard to find or recall the deeply included uh, feeling, but... I can reference one, uh, because I was an athlete, um, I can I can easily reference a sports uh, involvement in which my team, uh, I was a valuable part of my team. Um, but this, that speaks to something that I will, I will talk about later uh, when it comes up about meaningful inclusion. Um, because as a point scorer, as an All-American, as a national champion, of course I was valuable to my team. And so because I could add value in a very specific way, a lot of the other factors that might have excluded me didn't matter. And so that deep inclusion and in being part of a team is very purposeful because as long as you're doing what you're there to do, and you're and you're making the important contribution oh people love you deeply they really do care because at the end of the day they need your points they need you to be as you as you can possibly be because you have established value mm. um in terms of feeling truly deeply included in a social sense or in a general sense i struggle with that i really do the the deeply part is, is where you often, and maybe that's my own uh, mental connection, maybe that's situational, but it's very hard to feel deeply included. And that goes from family on up to more uh, acquaintances in a social sense. So that's tough. Um, we talked about that a little bit. What, what, yeah, would, yeah, yeah. what would it look like to feel that on a regular basis? What would it take for you to feel deeply truly uh, included and you can fill in by whom whoever that might be what would it require what would it take do you think for you to feel that belonging belonging um that's easy for me because i've often i've said that to friends I've, I've written that in in various writings that i've done um i don't need much from a relationship i don't need much from a connection i am okay pulling the lion's share of the weight when it comes to those kind of things, as long as I feel like I belong. So tell me what belonging means. What does that mean? Um, uh, again, I think it's uh, knowing that you can add value to a situation. And, and, and we all know what value is, whether we call it that or not value. We, we know how to assess if we are, are being uh, held in a certain regard. Um, but then also, uh, I think acceptance mm -hmm. of, of, of my, my individual factors, you know, my, my actual 
mental, social, emotional fingerprint, if you will, of these are the things that make up Steve and they happen in my head, my heart, my home. Um, and if you don't live in my head, my heart, or my home, then they are inconsequential to you not accepting me. Hmm. You know, so many times, and, and this goes for the people in these situations too. We wear those things on our sleeve. And I mean, if I were to walk into the office or, or the mall every day with a shield, people would assume I'm ready for battle. Mm. Right? Mm. That's just natural. So we are often projecting the feedback that we want. If I kick in a door and I'm yelling at people, I'm not going to get a bunch of people to go, hi, Steve. Everyone's going to brace for impact. If I come brandishing a sword and banging on my shield, wearing my issues on my sleeve, people are going to brace for battle because I've told them, get ready. Hmm. So I, I think that with acceptance, in that general sense of, hey, come as you are, as Kurt Cobain said, you know, if that is a true thing, then I can set my shield down at the door. I can set my issues down at the door because I'm not bracing for the impact of not being accepted. Yep. How, so I think that's that's belonging. So why is it important? We, we're assuming that listeners, the Han Solos out there, and that you and I both understand that it is important to feel included and accepted, as you've mentioned. Is it? And, and why would how would you explain the importance of feeling accepted and included? Why does it matter? I think it's I think it's gently the inverse of that hmm. is it's kind of a chicken or egg scenario. If if we're just if you're just taking me as I come, mm -hmm. then being accepted is not an issue that I have to reference. Mm -hmm. So for that Han Solo mentality, like we talked about, if it's about the work, then let it be about the work. And, and we can take that out of the more firebrand issues of religion, politics, um, sexuality, uh, you know, gender identification, all those big, big, big things. I once had a lady at my job rat me out because I preferred sneakers versus click clack wingtips. And so she literally told our boss that I was breaking dress code. But here I am, a valuable member of the team. My information is up here, not on my feet, lady. Right. But she made it her point to make sure that acceptance was not a part of the equation. Mm. Hmm. Okay. I mean, like, what? A, I, I get it if I'm if I'm being irreverent, but style is a personal thing. So, you're telling me that my my blue jeans have made me somehow less intelligent. Hmm. My sneakers have somehow made me less valuable to the team, especially if I'm stuck in a in a small corner of said tower and my job is to bang out this one certain type of thing and I'm doing it all day at high proficiency but my acceptance and my value is 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 calculated based on whether or not I look like everybody else that's, that's that's crap yeah well put I want to ask so this is going back into that that vein I went deep into the does it matter? Do we need it? <clears throat> well, we do, and we know it. But tell me how, tell us, if you could, how your experiences of inclusion and exclusion, how it changed the trajectory of your life. How did it impact 
where you went after <clears throat> or what you did? Um, from a career standpoint and, and thusly a life standpoint, because eventually it did affect my life. If I felt more accepted in the area, the place, the city I live in, in the career and job environment, I would still possibly be working for a, a larger entity, a larger corporation. I would not be self-employed, but my skill level had to be so superior to my colleagues and coworkers and, and those in, in the industry and, and, and adjacent industries to advertising, design, communication, marketing, which I work in. If my value was properly uh, assessed or, or, or properly given, I would never have gone to work for myself. But because those those particular factors that made me feel strongest, most powerful, most uh, communicative, most valuable to a team that I was working with felt stifled, felt um, preyed upon, felt set apart, then it, it didn't make any sense to stay in a place where you were undervalued. Hmm. And that goes mainly for cultural reasons, for the color of my skin and the fact that I'm a male of that uh, of that designation mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. You are touching a, um, an open and important nerve where our campus is concerned because we are finding our, our new senior um, vice chancellor has identified retention of minority faculty, minoritized faculty as a key issue. And we're seeing it is a, a big issue, a really big issue that we're losing quality um, faculty and staff members because there isn't an experience like the one you're mentioning we should all have. Yeah. Or experience like what you just told us you've had before with shoes and jeans. And yeah. what, what um, I, I want to ask a question about that then. I want to go a little further with that if we can. What advice do you have to people who feel like others in our campus, our college, um, are picking on their shoes to borrow that that story? Uh, know your know your quality, know your value, and keep it where it should be, and and aspire to more. If you are of high quality, if you are if you know yourself. To be, and that's where you got to be real with yourself. You know, I was just talking to a younger designer, and I had to tell him like, "You can't charge what I charge yet, but you will someday. Experience, work up to it, that kind of thing. That's where that realism comes in. Mm-hmm. But if you know your value, if you know that you are of quality, and and you can lend to this environment in your best, most comfortable, most powerful way, don't ever dumb it down." Um, and, and instead of changing who you are to fit, find some place you need to be, because that's the only way that change happens is when the metrics come back, like you said, and said, we're losing this candidate. We're losing this clientele. We're losing this person. If that person were to change, you'd never get those metrics. If that person were to assimilate whole wholeheartedly and shave off their sharp edges, now you've got a dull participant molded to your weak system. Yes, wow. And no change happened. Brilliant. So to the person that feels that way, feel that way. 
Okay. You you have every right to feel that way. And if it doesn't facilitate you being there, here's the part where I don't believe in, you know, banging your spear on your shield and, and fighting for equality in a sense that it is a detriment to your own livelihood, to your own self. Get where you fit. And okay. not and I mean that. Mm. Find your find your place. Find the place where you are most comfortable so that you can exist because sometimes in 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 the interest of the greater good fighting the battle is good you know you're you're trying to leave a legacy i i feel that i've done that but if i am less of myself to do that thing then i'm not bringing all of me to the battle mm-hmm. i would rather be my strongest and then revisit it yes yeah and i i hope in, in connection i want to extend that your advice to them is so critical. I would say to us, like we need to be the environment where someone can fit. You know that we need to have the type of structure. And there's, yeah, awesome. there's where there's where the metrics come in. Mm-hmm. There's where noticing the details, noticing the data, it's in your face. It's right there. Whether or not you want to do something about it is the critical move. Yep. This is not an old, or excuse me, it's not a new problem. Mm-hmm. This is an ancient problem. This is a human nature problem, and we keep going back to it like but what but why but how come on now it's Mm -hmm. common sense change it or lose it yeah yep well put well put i am gonna jump to a little activity i wanted to throw in between our questions so (laughs) i have pulled up some of your ridiculisms these are hashtag you created i think and i did from time to time thoughts like we're getting today in this you've posted um curated thoughts is how i would put it yeah and so i just yeah. like the three from your from your feed those <laughs> are three good ones too <laughs> I've got some to choose from here does one jump out to you you want to expound upon or do you want me to pick it uh you can pick it i think all of them when i when i go to post those kind of things they have struck a nerve with me that that invited me to speak on them that that compelled me to speak on them so any of them work because i think all of them matter well, since some of our Han Solos will be listening and not viewing this, I'm going to read the middle one. It says, I appreciate that some of those who played me to the left in my younger years now show more appreciation for me. However, let's face it. The damage of your depreciation of me then is what shaped me now. So the irony that you are appreci- appreciating that I flipped the results you caused is not all, at all lost on me. I'm going to read that last part again. The damage of your depreciation of me then is what shaped me now. So the irony that you are appreciating that I flipped the results you caused is not at all lost on me. Right. That's that was my more eloquent side. Boil that down. Yeah. I'm dope. You know it. I know you know it. You <laughs> made me this way. Deal with it. Okay. That that self-confidence is hard one for you though, isn't it? It's, that's a hard thing. It's, it's, it's absolutely hard one. It's it's not at all cockiness. It that self-confidence is a scar. Mm. it's a scar that is undeniable so I can't you know it would be like I I, I, I keloid when I get cut right so it leaves a welt after the the wound is healed I can't I can't hide that that's now a very obvious part of who I am scar mm. tissue my confidence is not bravado my confidence is actually scar tissue mm. it's mine I earned it by getting hurt wounded damaged and healing Mm. 
So you can't take that away from me. <laughs> you can't you can't detach my scar tissue from me. I've earned the right to wear it as big and bold as I want to. No one would tell a, a, a woman with a C-section scar to hide that. She's a mother. They cut her open to get that child out of her. Mm-hmm. She earned that. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, we have those scars. And some of us who come across as maybe a little bit overconfident, maybe a little bit cocky, maybe we're just that wounded and you can't tell us that we're not. You that So, <laughs> you told me before to let you know about chapters in your book that you need to write. You need to write that <laughs> scar tissue. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what it, what it is. That's exactly what it feels like. And that's why I wrote that one. You know, it's funny is is because I had someone in my past who had done me incredible damage. Come back all these years later as if time has healed wounds and made me forget. And um, and it was so funny to me because they were complimenting me on something now that wasn't enough for them then. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. now they're like, wow, you're, you're this and this has happened. And I'm like, word? Like yeah. you don't even you you don't realize that you're complimenting me on a wound you gave me. Mm-hmm. Like the irony of that that I made that into something and now you think it's fantastic <laughs> when it was just pure pain. Yeah, a good word. That's a good word. Okay, we'll do more of those. We got more of those to come. Cool. Here's a fact uh, question for you. Okay. So you share some of your story with me. I feel privileged to have heard <clears throat> some of your comeuppance. Um, but yeah. you you come up from the hood. You stay true, yeah. and you and you also influence in, in our city in various areas. No, no matter the location, you're you're influencing with the highest towards in in our city. So my question is, what do you wish your fellow influencers, no matter the context, what do you wish they understood about inclusivity that you know they don't know? Interesting. Um, as much as it feels like a game, as much as it feels like machinations, as much as it feels like uh, this this sort of interplay between bodies and people of 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 climbing a ladder, you know, of of all of those sort of aspirational tropes that you can use. Um. I don't seek to influence anything. I think that true influence is a byproduct of sincere action, of sincere desire, of sincere thought. Um, Again, the fact that we have created a category in which attention is called influence. I think that word has become somewhat of a misnomer mm. and 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 thus the actions of those who would be in those positions are oftentimes not the most sincere you know um, I think the sincerity of it and and knowing what it is you truly the outcomes you're truly going for uh, it would change a lot of our actions. It would color a lot of our our actions and activities. Um, you know, if you aren't uncomfortable being called an influencer, then I think it's one of those inverse things that I talked about. If you're, ve- I feel like this. If you're very comfortable being called an influencer, you're not influential. 
Mm. You're not truly making a difference. You're not, you're living in it in the wrong way. You know, um, if I have influence, I can admit that. If I, if I can exact whatever station in life I'm, I'm at or whatever experiences I've had, if I can make a difference, mm-hmm. call me a differentiator. Don't call me an influencer. Mm. I, I would much rather be a deciding factor for others to make a good move instead of being an influencer in that way. So I would just say, you know, that there's there's got to be a little bit of discomfort with that station, with that word, with that title. Because are you just influencing or are you seeking to actually make a difference? Okay, so I want to build off of that because you are okay. talking to Han Solos who are killing it in in their teaching and their impact on our student population like we, we have right. in our, our school uh, communication fine arts and media all all department schools are doing a great job of, of including students in their in their classes doing events that are very um <clears throat> important culturally to in, introduce people to different perspectives and to highlight the um voices of minoritized individuals so they're doing it really well what would you tell us as, as a committee, as a college, as faculty, as staff, what would you tell us that we can do to have to, to be more sincere in action? Or what are some things you've noticed are important for us when we're with our peers, not just with our students now, with each other? How can we be, be sincere in our actions to create better inclusion, to help mm. have experiences that? Um, in referencing Han Solo, you know, you're not, you're not just checking boxes, you know? like there's a there's a realism when you are with your peers versus when you're at your job and your job is to do the most good or to make the most difference you begin to check off boxes or or put factors together with arithmetic symbols between them plus minus divided by multiplied by so it ends up being an almost fill in the blank Mm. versus a true assessment of situations. I've watched people check boxes in an official capacity completely devoid of common sense. And and I think that that's what's lacking is, mm. you know, assessments and box checking and and blank filling in and very little real feel, very little common sense, real feel, touch for that situation. Okay, noted, that's good advice. Right, and how we deal with differences in general is is the point of this whole podcast. How do we- Exactly. How do we adjust to that? Exactly. Okay, so we are, we're at this, the last big question I want to ask about the future. We've discussed okay. the future. You have shared your feelings about inclusion, some of the facts, experiences you've had. Uh, what would you say we need to do next in this inclusive, equity-focused movement? What do we need to do next? Here's where purposeful inclusion becomes the order of the day in my mind. Because the trivial including of people's for the sake of simply having 
a diverse looking population or a diverse looking group means that something's got to give if the qualifications of said person are not up to par but they have been included simply to check a box that's where inclusion has failed because it's going to produce a lesser outcome when the inclusion starts with is the quality high and then that person happens to maybe fit another couple of categories and it's most sincere then i think that's better mm-hmm. um it's set the years years and years ago decades ago a lot of minorities were set up for failure even if they were qualified because of things that included them based only on race there was an entire you know an entire social norm that came out of that and then people got upset because they weren't being included or they weren't being given a chance because they were not the right skin color they were not the right gender and so yes it 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 healed some ills it provided an antidote for some some wrongs and then because it was only a checked box it created others mm-hmm. so socially and politically we find ourselves and i won't get into it because I, i i'm apolitical in that sense i don't like talking about it but we are in a time in our country and in, in our society in which those who are of most privilege are now beefing about something they're being cut out of mm-hmm. for no other reason but that someone else is getting a slice now that's the pendulum swing that insincerity creates mm. when it is not a functional means you know um i i it's very close parallel to collaboration yeah. i don't like collaborating with people if i don't have something that i truly need to work on with that person if it is forced collaboration then it is not functional and it's not going to produce the best work because we had no need to work together on that thing. Hmm. So I would say that we can start making inclusion better by giving everybody the chance to excel at their highest levels. If everybody is qualified, then you can take your pick of who you'd like to include. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I think that that's a really big key to it is that we can go into other social norms and social ills that are creating unqualified people to be included because it's a it's it's a quick, you know, clean up on aisle 3 because oh, we need more black males in this. We need more more Hispanic women in this. We need more this and that. And then you go look at these candidates and you haven't been giving them the right to education you haven't been elevating their quality of life so you're getting an unqualified candidate to fill a position now everyone's upset everyone in the majority is upset because well they got that job and I didn't and I'm more qualified and they might actually be telling the truth but that person got included because they were a minority in some way you've created the problem that you're trying to fix right That's right. madness. Mm. It's a tough thing to hear though because it, it feels like it's fixing it when we just 
try and deal with it at the last step when someone's man i I listen to i sit on committees and i listen to factors about brain drain all the time and people leaving the state and i'm like in south omaha you have a high school full of minority candidates you got to get ready to be ready to be taught and learned but you're trying to recruit bob from new york yeah um we have we have cornered the market on affluent white men in this place it's not brain drain you've just tapped a well that is dry as hell (laughs) you have other candidates you just don't want them you're not educating them and people don't stay where they feel unwelcome so then because you don't have a culture that is truly accepting of them they leave as soon as they get the opportunity Mm. it's not brain drain right it's emotional social drain Mm. social drain i'm gonna coin that that's going in the book too that needs needs to be a chapter i would like to end with the ridiculousm and, and actually We'll talk about one of these, but I also want you, I know that in our time together, in our coaching sessions, I get to hear some incredible wisdom from you only to find out most of the time, it's not you, it's your mom who's speaking. Yeah. She's put those yeah. things And you're always good to reference her <laughs> and to let me know. But I'd like to end from the very end with, with what could be maybe a, a quote from that your mom would offer us, what's something she said to you that you think we could um, Honestly, that, not, that one right there on the, <laughs> the first that? one, um, you have to know exactly what you want before you dare open your mouth to complain about what you don't have. Mm-hmm. That came directly from my mom. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, that one came directly from my mother because, you know, as kids, we often do that. You know, as kids, we're, we're, we're often looking at what others have because we're still in our formative years. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to decide what it is we want, how we want to act, who we want to hang out with. And so we're taking all of this in. And we're just, I mean, we're like a nuclear reactor for social environments. We're just chewing it all up and breaking it down and trying to figure out what works for us. And a lot of times it blows up on us like a nuclear reactor. And so this piece of wisdom she gave me because in a situation, and I remember not the specifics of the situation, but I remember when she told me it was, I was really hurt about my efforts in life to this point and how I was seeing other people who do far less than me succeed far more than I ever could. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and it was hurtful. And I'm like, and she's like, well, do you want his car? I'm like, no, that's not the point. You're not listening to me, mom. And she was like, well, do you want his house? Like, no, I would never live in that house. Like it's too much. It's not what I want, but, and she's like, well, why are you complaining about the things he has when he doesn't have anything you want Mm. Hmm. so know exactly what it is you want or you don't have anything to complain about and it goes to that last one if you want to maybe expound on this one you you wrote it's weak to choose a future that doesn't require you to do anything today yeah 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 everybody everybody wants to be a star man Mm. (laughs) but nobody wants to nobody wants to to sing songs in a mall nobody wants to do casting calls you know in a in a strip mall nobody wants to do those those gritty dirty things that you know make you a one-hit wonder 20 years down the road Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It's like my, my whole path has been trying to get to this point. And so everything that I hopefully get required me to do something 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, so everybody wants the 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 best possible future. I shouldn't say everybody wants to be a star, but everybody does want their best possible future. What are you doing to create your best possible future? Because it definitely is not built on wishes and hopes. Agreed. Final quote from Mama Ridiculous. You put this one up. <laughs> you said your problem oh, yeah. will not be choosing what to do. The most difficult thing will for you will be choosing what not to do. Is that something she said to you personally? Absolutely. 100% personally because um, I had a, I was blessed with... <laughs> I was blessed with very little currency and an insane amount of talent and gifts for doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have the ability to do most anything and she noticed it and she fostered that. She said, you know, the difficulty won't be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. That was the most difficult question because for me, I was like, I can do all of it. Uh, not not and again that's not bravado that was i was i was groomed and taught that because i didn't have any other way out so i had nothing but my wits my smarts my physical ability as an athlete and you know i was definitely a hunter gatherer if we were out in the wild and it's like you know the world wants you to be a thing and so she she told me your 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 difficulty is going to be choosing to be a thing for someone when you know you can do multiple things mm. hmm. it's funny how and people don't like to hear that well and and you're a great example of how you, you get to do multiple things too now having put in the time and the things that mattered in the moment that, that today investment and your that, exactly that goes right back to that today investment later down the road as as haphazard and as fall down on my face, barrel roll out of the fire, climb the mountain, go to the next thing. As, as haphazard as that might seem, as random as that might seem, I am doing today what I always thought I would be able to do, which is any damn thing I want. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's true. I mean, from Olympic level athletes, to coaching Olympic athletes, to, to your own business, to the shoes you design, clothing you design, the 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 businesses you've helped tell the stories for the investments you've made in communities in my life and countless others. I mean, I, I can't thank you enough. And you are an example of that. I appreciate you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you.